You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. From time to time, there is going to be a sports card topic that I want to cover on the podcast, but is something or a sport that I just don't have as deep of knowledge in. And this is going to be one of those situations. I wanted to do a podcast talking about soccer cards. I have a very, very limited understanding myself of the soccer card market and the history of collecting soccer cards. And so I wanted to bring on somebody who has more of a background in that. And the person that I found that we're going to have a conversation with today is Vince Massara. Vince is the owner and he runs sportscardsrock.com and he also runs the the podcast Soccer Cards Rock. And if he thinks Soccer Cards Rock, I figured after listening to him, he would be a great resource to bring onto the show to talk a little bit about his background and to talk about collecting soccer cards. The goal is to give you a little bit of a primer of the, the basics of collecting soccer cards and soccer stickers. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and bring Vince on to the show. Vince, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Happy to, um, happy to call and happy to have a good chat. Well, you are you get the honor of being the first international guest that we've had on the show. So <laughs> so that is something to mark in the record books. For all of you keeping track at home, Vince Massara, first international guest. I love it. Wax pack going global. That's right. That's right. I thought maybe we could just start a little bit by learning a little bit more about your collecting background. You know, when did you get started collecting? Yeah, of course. So I think like almost everybody probably listening and um, into cards and stickers. I started when I was a kid, um, a huge sports fan, loved it. Would what Even when I was like, there's photos of me when I was, you know, two or three, like in my Australian football gear, like watching TV and like, just loved it. So I started collecting and then, you know, life sort of gets to you and you forget, and then you kind of moves to the side. And I remember I was actually, it was so random. I was on like a Facebook buy swap sell group and it was like four or five years ago now. And there was a bit like a wax pack of, I think it was like 1990, like FLIR, like NBA cards. And I was just like, this rush of nostalgia just came back and I was like, oh, that's so cool. I need that right now. So since then, been collecting off and on and um, I'm a soccer guy. Probably that's my, that's my number one sport to watch and whatnot. So um, yeah, been building up my collection of soccer and some base, some basketball, sorry, since then. Yeah. So when you collected as a kid, what sports did you collect then? Yeah. So then I would do, so Australian football, um, which is probably a bit too niche to be talking about at the moment, but yeah, so our local version of football and soccer as well. So every time there would be like a, but only for the big tournaments, like there would be like the world cup and you would get your stickers and things like that. So being in Australia makes it a little bit tricky for what you can and can't collect, especially when you're, you know, a kid. So when you were a kid, what, what's, what were the, the manufacturers? Were the, the kind of the American manufacturers producing the soccer cards at that point? Like I know Upper Deck and there are a variety of, of manufacturers who produce soccer cards in the States, but who was producing those in Australia? 
Yeah, so there's a group called Select that do most of the football cards. And I think they're an Australian group, to be honest. I haven't really seen them do anything else. And the soccer stuff would just be Panini as well. So, yeah, we would get the international stickers for those. So, yeah, but um, Select would be the Australian football. And they still do it, um, which is nice. But soccer is just the American brands that come across. Today in Australia, how difficult is it to access product or is there a big collecting base in australia it's growing um but i i guess it's growing everywhere as well it's it's definitely not something where you can head down to your local like often on retail stores they're really hard to find even those like packs that could be in retail and i know they're hard to find in the states as well but even more difficult i would say i guess the best part about online shopping as well as you can buy most of them and they all ship on like overseas so there's definitely some card shops in all of the major cities and in other cities around that sort of keep stock this is more for the american sports for obviously for the australian football and things like that it's a lot easier because the market's so much smaller and based here but for american sports it's definitely a case of there are some you know specialty card stores that do most of the heavy lifting and the rest is supported by you know online shopping and stuff like that so what online sites do you use? I'm just curious on, you know, from, from that international perspective, what, what online sites do you use to, to find those? Yeah, well, it depends what you're buying. If you're just going individual, like we still use eBay and ComC and all that sort of stuff as well, yeah. or, or just going straight to the manufacturers as well. There's not one sort of specific marketplace, you know, for Australian collectors and things like that. And, you know, it might take a little bit longer to send your cards in or get them back, but... I guess it's something that we're kind of used to if you're shopping online from Australia anyway. So what, at what point did you step into the content creation space? You've got your podcast now, Soccer Cards Rock, that's nine or 10 episodes deep. And Sports Card Rock is your main website that yep. you've got. So at what point from this getting back into the hobby and, and continuing to grow in your interest over the last few years, at what point did you decide that content creation was going to be something that you wanted to step into? I was fortunate in a way that I've had some experience with this content creation side before, like in other areas besides um, sports cards. And a lot of it wasn't really with my face. Like I've done a lot of like freelance work with writing and doing things like that. So I already had a bit of a background knowledge into it. So for me, it wasn't really a huge leap into the unknown. And I know there was a podcast recently of yours where you were talking about, you know, your foray into when you started to make content and, you know, you can do it and it's it's easy to get started. It's just a case of doing the work and getting started. And I completely agree with that. But I guess I had I had plans of doing it for a while. And then obviously with 2020 being what it was i had a bit of free time on my hands so i was if you can't do it when you are literally mandated to be at home 24 hours a day when can you do it hey right (laughs) that's right so what was what do you what would you say is the primary focus of your content yeah so i just find there's a lot of um, the sports cards one sports cards rock the main site is kind of just the home page to keep it a little bit I didn't want to box myself in too much and just say it's everything is like promoted as soccer cards, soccer cards. And then like, who knows what happens five years down the track? You know what I mean? So that's kind of just more of a home base. My main goal for the site is, and for the content in general is to just, there's so many people trying to get into soccer 
cards and soccer stickers at the moment. And there's a lot, like there's so much to learn. It's so different than almost like if you're coming from an American background where your sports are kind of confined to their own sort of, their own sort of silos or bubbles, if that makes sense. Like the NBA system is quite, quite locked in. There's only 30 teams. The rookies are going to come from there and you can kind of, you know, they're ba- they're literally put in order for you, the rookies every single year, like with the draft. So it's quite siloed and structured. Whereas if you go into soccer, there's leagues all around the world. There's different manufacturers deal with different, different leagues. And then there's um, like internationals and everything like that. So I just really wanted to help people that are new, that knew the hobby, but didn't really know soccer that well. Let's get into that in in just a second. I'm just curious also from a content creation perspective, as you've gotten started here, I know the podcast is relatively new, only a few months old. When did you launch the website? It was launched probably, uh, it was earlier this year. I couldn't even tell you the date, to be honest. But still Um, here in 2020. Yeah, still here in 2020. Exactly, yes. From a, a traffic perspective, is your traffic primarily from Australia or is it primarily from the rest of the world? Rest of the world. Yeah. Okay. Rest of the world. So a big part of, I guess where I came into it with a bit of a benefit compared to maybe some other content creators is because I've done this sort of thing before. There's some research that goes into like picking what articles to write at what time and things like that. And I've kind of got a bit of a background in that, I guess. So the site's probably growing it's growing quicker than I thought it would, to be honest, which is nice. It's a nice problem to have. So yeah, definitely traffic from all over the world though. In Australia is still relatively, still rel- like there's just not, the market's just not as big in Australia yeah. at this stage. So, but yeah, definitely most of the, most of the traffic comes from the States. Well, let's, let's dig into the soccer card collecting a little bit and, and maybe we can start to hit on the basics of that. That was one of the sports that last summer at the National Sports Collectors Convention that was held in in Chicago back in 2019, there were a few people starting to have a little bit more buzz about soccer. I had a local friend who kept telling me about how cheap soccer cards were on on the secondary market and some of the big online retailers like Blowout and DA Card World were, were just clearing out soccer and you can buy cases of the stuff super cheap. I first dipped my toe into soccer this winter before COVID hit and I bought some cases of select hanger packs and some cases of 2018 Donruss blasters and retail fat packs and they were super cheap and like I never even got around to open them because by the time a few weeks later I ended up selling them all for like two to three times what I paid for Mm. them. Yep. Now, five months after that, they're like 10 times what I paid for. Yes. They just yep. exploded through the roof, like to the point where I was paying like $6 for a blaster box that is now selling for $200 or whatever yep. um, several months later. And I'm interested and I, I wanted to know more. And I wanted to get deeper, but it almost was like the prices escalated so quickly that I was priced out of a market that I didn't really understand well. And so I would love to spend a little bit of time, maybe even for my listeners, just covering the basics, kind of a primer of soccer cards and soccer stickers of of what we need to know. So maybe we can just start with that open-ended question. Is there a a few 
high level things that we need to know as we start to un- to dig into soccer a little bit more? Yeah, hundred percent. And like you said, the price increases you know, over the past twelve months have just been insane. And I guess it's a it's it's a thing that gathers momentum. Sort of the more people that hear the prices are going up, the more people jump in. The more people jump in, the market increases, and it's kind of just sort of a self fulfilling prophecy in a way. But yeah, it's definitely gone just bananas over the past yeah twenty twenty basically. There is so much. There is so much to know. Um, it really depends on. The, there's cards versus stickers and it's just such a it's a debate would be a bit of a stretch to call it that but there's always the conversation over you know cards versus um, stickers because while cards in America and for American sports has been the go for a long time stickers is really where the history is with soccer and cards have only really been a thing like there were some little known packs and sets you know that would come out every year, but they weren't the main product. The main product were the stickers and they're stickers that you sort of like you peel off and you stick them in a, um, like an album. Mm -hmm. So, and with that, obviously a lot of them are stuck in albums from back in the eighties and things like that. So it becomes um, incredibly rare to find um, good ones. So there's definitely a lot to know. There's um, it's more just a case of when you start, like if I was coming into soccer, completely fresh had no idea about it i would probably just wanting i would probably stick to a league or like one league or something like that and kind of dip your feet in because otherwise it can be super overwhelming because you've got tops who has the bundesliga product and you've got tops that has the mls product yep you've got panini who has world cup products and and a few other things I think that's one of the things that I find most confusing is you've got Premier League, you've got Champions, you've got Bundesliga, you've got MLS, you've got the other international leagues, right? That and like you had mentioned before, would you recommend that, like you said, that somebody just kind of focus on one particular league as they start to understand the market? I would at the start. Yeah, I definitely would at the start because when you think about it as well, like say tops, like you said, they've got the Bundesliga, which is the main German league. And that's a, like a a really strong league. And it's also a strong league for developing talent as well. So that's probably a good place to start actually. But they've also got the Champions League, which is kind of the best teams from everywhere play in this one tournament called the Champions League. I guess in a way it would kind of, how can I make an analogy? It would be kind of like the March Madness, like NCAA tournament. If you'd imagine every other league is like a conference, I guess. Sure. And then at the end, there's all the best teams come in and they play off. That's, I guess, the Champions League or in a terrible analogy. But you've also got, so for example, last year, if there's a player, so the Panini group and prism they were the main set for the premier league which is in england so there was a young guy from manchester united that came up mason greenwood um his stuff is exploding at the moment but he had an amazing last year just out of nowhere basically and he kind of missed out on the first run of panini stuff but he was in the champions league which was tops so tops could kind of like jump in there because Manchester United are playing in both tournaments, if that makes sense. So okay. yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of crossover as well. So 
that yeah, I would I would probably look to stick to one league at the start just to kind of get your bearings, even if it's only for a couple of weeks until you sort of branch out a little bit. But yeah, just make it as simple as possible at the start. You had talked about how the history of of soccer collectibles that stickers played a more prominent role in the history of of soccer. Yep. And so I was just curious, you know, in, in in the other sports, there's kind of a delineation between vintage cards from the 60s, 70s type of thing is what compared to modern cards that are yep. being released today. Is there a, a similar delineation for soccer? Is is there soccer cards from the 60s and 70s or stickers from the 60s and 70s? Or is this pretty much uh, 80s and newer type of thing for soccer? Oh, you can find... I actually read an article last night. I was writing about it and it included some Pelé rookie stickers. And that was from 1957, I think. Okay. So yeah, there's definitely been some brands that would been running it since then. Stickers were the main, and even still, like even still with stickers, like if you ask most soccer collectors, they would tell you that their sticker is the true rookie product and not a card that comes mm-hmm. out because that's sort of the tradition. Um, and it's the same with, you know, yeah, the young guys today, like Harland and Mbappe, like their rookie stickers are still probably considered by most in soccer to be sort of the true rookie inverted commas product. Being that they were so popular, is there, is there much of a value for people who have those albums full of stickers, things that have been peeled and stuck on an album? Is there still a market for those quote unquote used stickers as well? Not as much, not as much. Um, yeah, not as much at all. It's, it's more individuals. If you had the, so Cristiano Ronaldo, his first product was before Manchester United when he played in Portugal and he had a sticker um, in the Portuguese league. And that's, you know, one of the main, that's like one of the huge chase stickers in soccer at the moment. If you had that album full and it had Cristiano Ronaldo in it, like you wouldn't be able to get the same price as buying the sticker by itself but it would still it would still have some value yeah but just not as much modern cards or the the brand new releases for baseball and basketball and football are going through the roof and and clearly they are with soccer too right now i'm seeing a, a movement for some collectors to start to go back to the cards that they grew up with yeah and we're seeing an increase in prices from baseball and basketball cards from the eighties and nineties, which for years were almost just derided as junk. Nobody yeah. wants these things, but even those are starting to what was selling for $5 a box, or you could buy for two or $3 a box in bulk collection type purchases mm. are starting to sell for 10 and 20 and $30 a box. Yes. Are, are you seeing the same type of thing from soccer? Because there was some yeah. 90s soccer cards that, that were selling for pretty cheap, even compared to the newer stuff. One of the things that I bought this summer, I was at a thrift shop and an antique store and found some 1994, I believe, World Cup Upper yeah, Deck cool. cards. Yep. And I bought them for $3 a box. Yeah, wow. But they're selling yep. for 25 or $30 a box or so now on eBay. Yep. Fairly recently, I've seen have you seen much of a resurgence in that kind of nineties era soccer market as well? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, because the top of the market now is like you said, it's just increased so much. And by the time you 
get your stuff from eBay. It's like doubled in price. You know what I mean? Like I remember I, at this, like earlier this year, I knew there was a transfer that was going to go through. Um, and it was, so a striker, Timo Werner was going to Chelsea and I knew that that would be quite big. So I kind of, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure he's going to move. So I bought his stuff. And by the time it traveled from the States to Australia, I think it had like tripled or like, you know, quadrupled in price. So I was like, well, I'm just going to list this straight away now. So the, like, the market is just growing and growing and growing. So as people get priced out, they go to sort of the next step down. And with the market like it is, and all the new product is so expensive, especially for new people, like for new investors and new collectors, the market is, like the new stuff at the moment is just incredibly expensive. So people are finding that value with the 90s cards as well. And because I guess with soccer, and well, just like soccer fans, like people that are, you know, our age, we grew up watching those 90s people play. So like you said, they're the ones that we grew up watching. We know they're good. We don't have to do that background research to sort of have a look at, oh, you know, what, what I've heard of this name of the player from the 60s, but what were they really like? Let's go and do some research. You're like, I remember him. He was brilliant. And also they're a, they're a much safer bet as well, I think. Like if you're going to be looking at buying some stuff to potentially invest in it and sell it for a profit later on. Yeah. That nineties and the vintage stuff is still definitely the way to go. One of the other questions that I had was when you consider like the 2018, 2019, 2020, maybe even going back to 2017 products. I'm curious on if, if you, in your opinion, you think there are any, segments of that modern market that are overlooked at this point. And the reason I ask is because like over that last 12 months, it seems like the ramp up started with Prism yeah. and then it moved yep. to Select and then yep. it moved to Donruss. And even through that, the Bundesliga Tops Chrome stuff was super cheap. It, every product seemed to have kind of a lag or every league had maybe a little bit of a lag to it yes. before it fully caught on. Do you think of any of these modern products for any of these current leagues, do you think there are any that are over, still in that overlooked category or in your opinion, is everything kind of at kind of peak pricing right now? There's definitely still things to find. Like you said, like Prism is still like that's, and I, I totally get it. Like we were saying before, it's one of those things where there's so much to learn about soccer and about the sport and about the players. There's international tournaments. If you're coming in from a basketball background and you have no idea about soccer, but you like the hobby, I don't know anything about soccer, but I know Prism's good. So I'm going to stick with what I know. And that's probably where a big part of it comes in, even to the point where, so the first World Cup that was Prism was 2014 and they're really expensive sets. And they're like, you'll, you'll see it listed and it'll be like, Lionel Messi, you know, rookie World Cup, like Ronaldo's rookie World Cup. And it's like, well, that's their third World Cup. Like there's, there's stickers from 06 that are still there. So with that, like you said, every, like it kind of moves on um, to select, onerous, whatever, everything increases. But for me, the value is still with like every season, they still have, they still release stickers, even though, so for example, the Premier League last year, even though they still even though Prism was probably the main set um, of cards, they still release sticker packets. And for me, that's still really where the value lies. If you're going straight into that Prism expensive card 
Uh, if you're just going to jump straight into that, to me, that kind of feels like you're doing it, hoping in three months' time there will be another batch of new people that don't know soccer but know Prism, so want to hop in there. So, yeah, for me, the value is still with the um, with the soccer and is still with the stickers. Like you said, it's everything else is kind of just inflated so much. So it'll be interesting to see how that sort of plays out over the next little bit. What about, uh, so I, I've not talked with anybody who knows anything on this. So th- this is yep. grasping at straws, me showing how little knowledge I have. But when I look at some of these online retailers, the only thing that I see that still seems from a price point super cheap is 2018-19 tops UEFA Champions League match attacks boxes yeah, and I- sets. Is that anything at all or is that just junk? So that's, that's, that's junk match attacks. And um, so there are these sets that are released by tops and Panini called match attacks and adrenaline. And I've actually got a couple of them here, which I can show you, but it doesn't actually help the listeners at all. So, (laughs) so they've got, it's, it's a card game basically. Like these, there are sort of bigger numbers on it, which are like they're attacking and defensive numbers. Okay. And it's, 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 it's a game, I guess. So okay. there's, there's no value in that at the moment at all. Um, the only way would be, you know, if you strike it lucky and the whole market increases over time. But I, I definitely wouldn't be, wouldn't be looking at that. Inside Sorry, those sets, though, are there still the the stars? Like, are there still the name players that you would want to have if there's still, for whatever there's still the reason names. that becomes a popular product? Yeah, there's definitely still the big names. All the, the Champions League one, for example, like all of, the, all of the guns are in there and all of the good players are in there. Um, at this stage, it is, it's junk. I definitely wouldn't be looking at it and being, oh, man, there's value here. And I guess there is value, like if you assume the whole market is going to increase, but you definitely won't be, I, I, I'm not buying any. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I, just, <laughs> I wanted to ask yeah. because as you look, yeah, no, that's 100%. one of the last and things that seems like it's a, a cheap price like the rest of the market was yes. and that's uh, a good, 18 that's, months that's, ago. And so I figured I would at least ask in case there are other people who are out there looking at at products yeah, no. as well, trying to make that's sense a, of, of what's what. So like you said, that's a, it's a good question because like you said, it is one of the cheapest sets that are out there. And if you don't know what a match attacks is like at the end of the day, it's just a title. Yep. If you don't know, and you see it's cheap, you're going to hop on because you're like, well, everything else is at this price. This will probably rise to it too. And like, you know, I'm not going to predict the future and say it won't rise over time because that's just not the way it works. But yeah, it's 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 more of a card game than anything else, and it would have to be a pretty big shift in the market for those to be worth much in the future. Very cool. Well, thank you for giving us a little bit of the the background of of those things. I think I, I really think I hope people take away the fact that in the soccer market, stickers are something that have a lot more quote unquote credibility or a, a bigger place in the history of soccer collecting than they do with maybe some of the other sports. Um, they're more of an afterthought in some of the other sports. And so that that's something that I want people to take away as you kind of look to continue your efforts to help educate newer <laughs> soccer collectors, where can people follow you, reach out to you? Where can people find you? 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, um, just to reiterate, stickers are the main product, like historically, and investing in stickers is kind of betting on the hobby as a whole rather than betting on the player and a bubble. So definitely something to look at in the future. To reach out to me, probably the best place to do it would be if you just go to sportscardsrock.com and all the links, the contact info and everything will be there. And that would be probably the main hub that you can come and contact me at and happy to answer any emails and questions and, and um, try and help out where I can. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me, mate. Thanks again to Vince for coming on the show. I really appreciated him sharing his thoughts on the soccer card market. And I always enjoy learning about the background of a new collector, especially someone who grew up collecting in an entirely different country and continent. So thank you again, Vince. Before I go, I also just wanted to make an announcement that I am going to be moving the podcast to be a once a week show and I plan to release on Tuesdays uh, with all of the other things going on uh, with the physical shop opening up, um, the day job and all of the other things, kids back in school and all of that type of stuff. I've decided to move to a once a week show so there will no longer be shows on Fridays at this point. I'll be looking to release my shows on Tuesday. So I just wanted to let everybody know that as well. Let me know what you think about soccer cards. Let me know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to even know what you think about the website. Send me a note at waxpackhero at gmail.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer. I would love to hear what you have to say. That's all I've got for today. So I'll catch you next time.